Welcome to Campfire Stories, a podcast for sharing stories of Salesforce Trailblazers. Welcome to the newest episode of Campfire Stories. This is Stacy Whitaker. I still giggle a little bit every time I say that. Um, not even a year yet, so I'm still allowed to, to play that newlywed. I'm excited to be joined with my co-host, Melissa Hill-Dees. Melissa, do you still giggle whenever people refer to you as wife <laughs> or a Dees? No, I still, I still think Mrs. Dees is my mother-in-law, not me, so... That's fair. That's fair. I did see your anniversary picture that you shared on social media recently. Happy anniversary. Thank oh, you. Very cute. You had this big, huge smile and that just fits what I know and love about you. This just great disposition. 23 years. Mitch says it's the best 40 years of his life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Melissa, who do we have joining us today? We have Pallavi Agarwal, and she probably should give us lessons on how to pronounce her name. I know she did that for me because that's important. Um, everyone wants their name pronounced correctly, although I heard you call her something else earlier. Stacy. what do you call her? Oh, I sometimes I abbreviate Pally. I love that. A nickname is always, that's, you know, you know you're in the in crowd, right, when you've got a nickname. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I love introducing people and Pallavi especially because she is an entrepreneur. She owns her own business. She is doing amazing things in the Salesforce world. And um, I know presenting at Northeast Dreaming coming up very soon in April and presenting with Melissa Shepard, I think. So I'm doing some design work and we'll talk about all of that. I don't want to give you too much of an idea of who she is and what she is because I want her to tell her own story um, mm-hmm. in the special ways that she does. Yes. Welcome, Pally. I'm glad that you're here. And I'll give a little bit away. Um, we've been talking for many, many months about having Pallavi on the show and we held off until a very specific time for a very specific reason. Um, Pally is on the, the board planning my favorite dreaming event of the year. So Pally, you want to tell us what you're cooking up? Yeah. Thank you ladies for having me. I'm super excited to be here and um, great intro on how to say my name. That was perfect. Um, what we're cooking up, I'm really excited because this has been something in the works for years now because of the pandemic, but we are finally back in person for Witness Success in July. I'm super excited to announce that. You know, you've probably been seeing the announcements on Twitter and um, LinkedIn and various other channels, but we are doing Witness Success in person in Minneapolis next in July. And just to give you guys the specific dates, it's going to be, if I can, if I can give you guys the right dates, um, uh, July 22nd and July 23rd, we're actually partnering with Midwest Dreaming. So we are, Midwest Dreaming is going to happen July 20th to 22nd. And then right as Midwest Dreaming wraps up, Witness Success is going to kick off on the 22nd and going to the 23rd. So we're hoping that you, know, you guys will be there for both events and looking forward to seeing everyone in person. It's one of my favorite events. It's an event that's very special to me. It is one of the events that brought me into the ecosystem and helped mm. me be where I am today. 
And there's still time to get registration at the early bird rate, right? That expires May 5th. I can't, I can't remember. I have to look and see. But soon. Get tickets soon mm-hmm. so you can still get that early bird rate. Yeah, I think this is the last month for the, the early bird uh, registration. But absolutely, Witness Success is my favorite of all the dream and events. And they're all special to me for different reasons. Any that I've ever been to, any that I hope to ever go to, there's there's something special about everyone. Uh, Witness Success, which is women in tech um, and allies, right? There is, there's absolutely no... I love that it's not a women rule and men drool kind of mentality. It's really about let's uplift one another to be yeah. the absolute best that we can be. And something unique about this conference is that while there is a track of technical discussions, pretty sure at least one person will talk something about flow, right? We know flow is the future, um, but there's also personal development and professional development. And we're in the midst of selecting the speakers based off of, we had almost a hundred people submit ideas and just the topics that when you remove the boundaries of let's talk about Salesforce and instead just talk about let's help each other be the best us that we can be. The ideas that poured in are just it's amazing. I wish we could host every single one of them, really. There's no bad idea out there. No, definitely. I mean, that I think that's what I loved when I first attended. Actually, so I was on the board for Witness Success. I joined the board for Witness Success in 2019. And I had no idea what it was. I'd never been to a community conference. So now I'm on this board helping organize this event that I really had no idea the magnitude of that event, right? And I've done other events in the past for other organizations. So to me, it was just putting together another event. But when I got there and I saw the power of the people, the the energy flowing in the room, it was also my first time speaking in, in a community event or in Salesforce in general. And at that point, I wasn't as... I didn't have in-depth knowledge of Salesforce. I was still, you know, high level. I was in the ecosystem. I implemented Salesforce, but I did it more from a program management perspective rather than really knowing the intricacies of the product. So I was like, what am I going to speak about? And that was the beauty of it. I didn't have to speak the technology. I actually had a topic on how to be a consultant. What is being a consultant and how to be successful in the ecosystem as a consultant? So that there was that and just again, like seeing, I, I saw men at the conference. I'm like, wait, isn't this a women's conference? And just seeing the, seeing the allyship and uh, that, that was amazing to me too. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm on the board fast forward. It's been what, three, four years at this point. And now planning this event is even more special to me in, in the level of now I understand the magnitude. So now it's like, how do we, how we, how do we take it up a notch? How do yeah. we, how do we also let others know about it? Like, I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know community events or the Ohana existed when I first joined all of this because for me, I had been in the Salesforce ecosystem since end of 2016, but I wasn't aware of this 
huge community of people who are there to support you and that family that is there. And so this, this event, this, this time, the planning that it takes, the amount of work that everyone puts in from a volunteer perspective, it amazes me because everyone has full-time jobs and families and juggling multiple things and finding time to do this. I, I feel very privileged to be part of it and I'm super, super excited and I hope to see everyone there in the future. And can you clarify something real quick, Melissa, I'm going to call you out, um, how do you define a woman in tech? Like who is the intended audience for this? Because I know, Melissa, you've said in the past that sometimes you don't feel like a woman in tech. Well, and that's true. And and I'm very interested to see, and I need to go back and read more about um, witness success because women in tech, I don't think it's just developers. I don't think it's just architects. I don't think it's just admins. Um, even though I hold several certifications, that's not what I do on a day-to-day basis, right? I Most of what I do on a day-to-day basis is what we're doing right now, talking, exploring ideas. I love that, the whole innovation side of it. Um, so sometimes I do, I, I kind of get a little bit of imposter syndrome and think, you know, if I can't write Apex code, am I not really a woman in tech, right? <laughs> so... Um, but to encourage other women to have those careers in tech sales, just because you're selling technology doesn't mean you're not a woman in tech. Right. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Pallavi? Is that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny because like, I, you know, I might, you guys might be saying something I'm not supposed to say, but like, I, I I'm Indian. I'm 100% Indian. So people automatically assume either I'm in tech or I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, right? That's that's the big running joke. So for me, I didn't really understand what tech was either until I accidentally joined it in my consulting days and started doing consulting. And to and Melissa, with what you just said, I completely agree with that point, right? You don't have, I don't code. I don't, I don't configure. I don't code. I don't know how to do anything inside Salesforce, but I'm still a, a female in tech because I still work on implementations. I focus more on the business of connecting the dots and how to build our Salesforce to support a business that's still technology oriented or technology related. If, um, there's times when I had jobs where my whole goal was to deliver and sell Salesforce, right? And I would still consider myself a, a woman in tech category, right? So I don't think there's a delineation of you must know how to code or you must know the technical ins and outs in order to call yourself a woman in tech. I do think, and I think woman in, women in tech is more inclusive than exclusive. It's not meant to yeah. exclude anyone. It's really meant to include women specifically, you know, um, and I agree and the allies too. I, if you've been to a community event, <clears throat> Charlie Isaacs is almost a, at every community event. I'm really excited to see if he's gonna be able to, the challenge is for him to make an appearance at TDX, Texas Dreaming, and Northeast Dreaming since they're all simultaneous. And if anyone can do it, Charlie Isaacs can. But the first time I met him was at the very first Witness Success Conference. And he has been such a phenomenal ally for me personally for women in general and tech, you know, and continues to be. 
And um, so I'm so glad that those allies do come to witness success. That's important, whether they're male allies, other women who are your allies, which, um, you know, I, I preach a lot about that, being each other's allies. Um, so it's really people in tech maybe should be what it is, but <laughs> are related closely. I don't know. No, but, you know, I like the term women in tech because, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at, like, even today I was talking to a, um, another friend who runs a company, a technology company. And let's face it, like when it comes to engineers, there aren't that many women. So I like being able to call out the women in tech part to remind, remind the world that we are here. We might be outnumbered to a certain degree, but the numbers are climbing for us and we can be part of that ecosystem as well in various categories. Right. So I feel like if we change the label to people in tech or, allies intact, that kind of takes away from the purpose of, you know, the whole whole point of this is to help elevate and support each other and get us recognized in the in the field that we've been playing in. We're just not getting the recognition. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I caught myself yesterday. I've had a, a growing pet peeve of being referred to as you guys. And I know there are some people who feel like it is a neutral term. Um, I disagree and everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I was on a a call with um, a partner of ours and this person kept referring to you. I need you guys to do this. And when you guys send this and I'll sync up with you guys. And I had to, at some point just politely interjected and said, I just want you to know, I don't identify as a guy. And she kind of stopped and she's like, I'm sorry, what? It's like, you keep referencing you guys. And I just want you to know that I don't identify as a guy. I identify as a a woman, a team member, right? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, and I didn't go into all the alternatives. um, But I think it's important that there is that visibility. Yeah. And I'm very guilty of that. Like even today when I talked, even in our wit, wit Slack channel, sometimes I will say you guys, and then I have to, so, and sometimes I'll catch myself and I'll correct to be like, Hey ladies. But to me, you know, I was, I was raised with it being such a generic, you know, non-identifying term, but it really isn't. And it is something I'm trying to catch myself on and continue to change my behavior. I don't always do that. If, you know, I mostly do still say you guys, but now I'm at least more aware of it and trying to be mindful of the audience and things like that. Because to your point, it is important to continue. Those are the biases that were set in the past. Those are the standards that were set in the past. And now we mail is the default. Yeah, right. Exactly. I still remember uh, my first account I was at, I was with Accenture working at Department of State. And I remember someone asking me one day, they're like, how do you feel about working on this team? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, you're the only female and the only minority. And honestly, I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about it. I wasn't even aware of it because to me, it was like, all right, whatever. I'm here working until they pointed it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're right. Like. I am the differentiator in this group. 
And um, I remember sometimes because my clients were ex-militant and so sometimes they would curse and then they would always say, oh, excuse me, there's a lady in the room. So it was like to a certain degree, they at least recognized that I was there. But at the same time, it was very interesting because I didn't even realize I was in that environment until someone pointed it out because, you know, that's just how I was raised in the in that world in the beginning. It's funny you say that, um, Pavi. I was just I was looking for. Um, I know that Nick Ham with, and I never get the name of the company right. Ten thousand advisors, ten k advisors. Advice. You know. Anyway, he did a recent, like in February, released information on the 2021 Trailblazer Diversity Report. And looking at those numbers, it's amazing still that, you know, the diversity is not there. Um, 67 plus percent of um, developers are male, you know, 80 something percent of architects are male. It's just amazing to me that um, that that gender situation still exists. And of course, the numbers are even worse when you start thinking about um, diversity of ethnicity and race and, and where you are. And so even even interviewing, this is conversations that I've had recently, you know, if you're, you may be the most brilliant architect or developer, female or otherwise, but chances are you're probably going to interview with someone who's male for that next technical role. And, you know, we all know how differently we communicate, you know, how do you do that? And how do you um, project the information, make sure that they understand what you're saying? Because sometimes there is a, not because you don't know what you're talking about, but because they don't understand the way you communicate. Just really an interesting conundrum. And it's, biology that you, I mean, it's just the nature of how we're built that we connect, we relate to people that are most like us, mm -hmm. age, background, experiences, you know, and so forth. And so I'm going through some hiring right now and I try to be hyper aware. And I've realized that there was a certain people group that had not had a successful candidate get past the first round. And I did a double check for myself. Like, can I give unbiased, like documented facts on why each of these candidates were not selected to move on to the next round? And is that the same criteria that I would hold other persons to? Mm -hmm. And I had a you know very open conversation with a colleague and said, I want you to push me on this. And help me look for those unconscious biases, you know, cause you want somebody that's going to be a, a good fit within your team, but not a replica of the same viewpoint and opinions and ideas of what, you know, you don't want to just keep making clones. Mm -hmm. right? um, so it's, it is something that you have to continually be aware of. Um, and then I had a conversation with someone on my team earlier today who made a couple of mentions about just where some of the, um, the lines of people groups within different roles in our company have happened to fall. And, and I said, yeah, I mean, here's what we're doing to try to remedy that, uh, you know, cause it has to do with selection pool, you know, the candidate pool and, and so forth. There's a lot of factors, but here's what we're trying to do to 
to add more diversity to each of our individual levels of leadership and each of the different work streams. And I said, but question it every time you see it or think that there might be a hint of it, never hesitate to, to bring that up because that's something that, you know, we want to be aware of and work against. So, and I'm curious, especially from both of you all, because I know Paula, you, you know, hire your team and Stacy's doing some hiring now. And I'm wondering how diverse the pool of candidates is. That's another conversation. In fact, had that conversation at DevOps Dreaming um, last week, talking about the fact that a man will apply for a job if he meets three of the 10 qualifications. A woman will not apply if she meets nine of them because there's one that she doesn't meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, and I've seen that not so much in hiring, but even in the case of speakers of, you know, going out and trying to get a diverse group of speakers to come in and speak. And we were shocked at Nonprofit Dreaming that the submissions that we got weren't a more diverse pool. You know, in the nonprofit world, especially, you think that's even more diverse, right? And it was not. And you notice for witness success, I literally called people out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you need to submit to present. <laughs> but I mean, have you seen that in the hiring pools? Are you, is yeah. the lack of diversity there from? You know, it's, I, I actually have a different viewpoint because I'm, I'm a minority in this country. And my so I think for me, my lens has always been different in the sense, like even when I moved to America, I lived in a very diverse area where my high school was 10% everything. Like our lunch table was the model UN, right? So I always thought that's just what America was because I grew up in this one area and that's how it was. So I thought all of it was that way. So I've actually had to become more aware that no, that's not the case. So my, my viewpoints might be a little different in the sense like at, at Candor when we're hiring the team we have today, not by seeking out diversity or anything, we look at just what are your qualifications? What is that? By that design, we have a very diverse team. Men, women, and ethnic ethnicities and all of that. Like the representation overall is very diverse. Um, however, when we look at candidates and we're doing job postings, depending on the job posting, I do see like the imbalance in terms of the candidates that are submitting the resumes, right? And yeah, I see a lot more resumes from me, uh, from a, a man versus a woman, right? But when we're selecting the resumes again, we're not looking at are you male, female? Because sometimes you actually don't know, but reading someone's name too, right? So we're just looking at the qualifications and then trying to meet those candidates and look for that. We have been lucky with the diversity and the ratios we have today, but it's not perfect. And to your point, some of the resumes I get from a from a male perspective versus a female perspective, it is very like what you said, three out of 10 versus nine out of 10. The quality of the resumes are also very different that we're getting in our submission. So that's another another key factor is when I'm mentoring women and coaching them, like I, I talk about that, right? Like one, you might be a career changer. So as a female, like a lot, I, I female, I mentor mostly women. And um, I've had women who are changing careers coming into the ecosystem. 
from healthcare or bio biotech or you know uh, things like that and they're like oh this job description I don't have 90% of this and we're like okay let's talk about your transferable skills can you do this can you do that and they're like yeah and I'm like you have it it's just written in a different way so we sometimes are also like just conditioned to have to present ourselves a certain way in the community to look so perfect to do x y and z that if it's not close to 80 90 it's not good enough where you know the the male population I don't think is always that way I think they're more conditioned just to try and see what happens where for us it's like don't even try if you don't think you can do it so that's been different too so I've been coaching them in that and then when they do try and remember those transferable skills they get those interviews and you know it's like it's just like that hurdle we create for ourselves that mental block and that's the that's the stuff we need to start removing and that's why it's coming back to witness success that's kind of why it's important to go to events like this is to remind yourself like you don't have to put those mental blocks in place let's let's remove those mental blocks and remind ourselves how great we are and meet other women who have helped get over those and can support you to you know get rid of those hurdles i love that yeah and i also think that something that as hiring managers we can do is to help change the feedback script. So I have been on hiring teams where I'm not the one making the selection, but I'm taking part in providing feedback. And I've seen hiring managers respond that we're not moving forward this candidate because they don't have enough experience, right? And well, you know their experience before you even bring them in that's on their resume, on their LinkedIn, on their trailblazer profile. And even when Yancey was going through his job seeking, he got this a lot. Sometimes he would go through three, four interviews. And in the end, they would say not enough experience. And I think that's just such an easy out. And I understand that there's, there's a line of you don't want to give too much feedback, but you want to be able to give something. And I think it's just like, I am trying to be more aware of the impact that that makes on someone's future willingness to apply and not like, that's not good feedback. Nobody can make themselves have more experience, but instead I might say that they weren't strong in their knowledge of the agile methodology or like give, so that's still experience, but it gives them something that they can go do some research and learn about to be able to speak more confidently on the topic. Right. So that's actionable feedback and isn't then making them second guess before applying to another position elsewhere. Right. Cause I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I see it too in the submissions for witness success. Um, I did a lot of sourcing for job applicants through social media, through Ohana Slack, through some other channels and it didn't always just like post the job posting, but it would instead send a message saying, I'm hiring if anybody's interested in this type of role. And I got had a lot of then, uh, you know, side conversations of, can you share the job description? And a lot of people, female, would come back and say, well, I don't fit all those qualifications. It's like, well, and, and so, you know, encouraging, like, if you have these transferable skills, if you feel like you would still be able to do the job well, then I encourage you to apply, you know. Um, but it's, it, it, so it takes the candidate overcoming their own 
self-imposed hurdles. And I think it also takes us as industry leaders, as hiring managers to also encourage that. And there's some deep topics of conversation here. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> like and we yeah, never yeah. have any fun. And, <laughs> and Pallavi's like the most fun person. She So that <laughs> witness success may have been your first community event, but it certainly hasn't yeah. been your last. And you've been at several, I mean, I know traveling is a huge thing for you, both for work and for um, for fun, because you, you're kind of like me, Paul, you, you do work-life integration and um, travel together and <laughs> get out there and do so, things. So, Melissa, are you thinking we should get to our questionnaire that oh, we yes. were supposed to I at the beginning? Yes, because we awesome. got really deep, really fast in, and not, and y'all know, good grief, y'all know how I feel about um, witness success and how much I love everything that y'all are doing there. And I'm so glad y'all are involved with that. But um, I don't know if you watch Stephen Colbert, you know, he does the Colbert questionnaire, which is like just a fast, rapid pace answer. Um, so I'm going to go through these pretty quick, probably. It doesn't have to be a long answer. Just tell me what okay. you think. Okay. You ready? All right. Okay. I'll do my best. What's one thing you own that you should really throw out? My t-shirt from high school that I still wear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what is the scariest animal? Snakes. Apples or oranges? Oranges. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph? No. Wow. Favorite action movie? Thor. Is a hamburger a sandwich? Sandwich. <laughs> Favorite smell? Roses. Exercise. Is it worth it? Yes. Flat or sparkling? Sparkling. Most used app on your phone? Slack. Favorite Salesforce mascot? Appy. You get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? It's an Indian song, Dil Se Re. What does that mean? From my heart. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Describe the rest of your life in five words. Early retirement by 50. Yay. Good job. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Wow. I feel like I just learned so much in that like 30 seconds. That was really cool. Yeah. I feel like you both did because I don't think you knew any most of that. <laughs> snakes. I hate snakes. Ugh. Ugh. I used to have a pet snake. So it's weird Ooh. that I hate snakes now. Pet snake is like. Uh, a loose term, but we have we used to have an orchard in India, and we had a snake there to keep people away from stealing our fruit. So whenever I'd go to my orchard, I'd be okay with that snake. But it, snakes in general creep me out. Yeah, um, well, you know, I'm a city girl. It's like, I don't want anything alive in my house except me. <laughs> <laughs> no dogs? Uh, was, no well, cows. the dog's okay. <laughs> So, Pally, I did ask someone for an autograph just yesterday via text. So I think you know, but maybe some of our listeners don't know yet. My amazing co-host who just finished her master's degree said, that's not enough. Hold my champagne and has now published a book. She's now an author. 
very cool. Yes, I so I have asked I def- for her autograph. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, I definitely need to get in line for that one too. <laughs> Y'all are so sweet. I hope that it that is helpful. It was um, not as for saying not something I know that I would ever do again, but I would do it again. I, in fact, I would rewrite this one if I had the time. I don't know about you all, but I'm one of those people, it's it's never perfect, but sometimes done is better than perfect. That's what they tell me anyway. Um, Otherwise, I would never get anything out the door, I'm sure. (laughs) So, (laughs) but thank you for that, Um, Stacey. I I appreciate it. And I do hope it's obviously about using Salesforce to accelerate the impact of nonprofits. And um, I think we all have a special place in our heart for that and for for what's going on in the world. I know we don't usually discuss, you know, any of the sad things or the politics or the, of the day or whatever, but um, we, we have friends in the Salesforce ecosystem that are in Ukraine and that are from Ukraine. And um, so um, Ole, and I should be ashamed for not knowing how to pronounce his last name, but it won the Salesforce MVP. So actually it's from Ukraine. So um yeah, doing some work there too with a nonprofit that's working to aid them. And so we can, when I can use Salesforce to do that, to automate what can be automated so they have time to do things that can't be automated, that's the reason I get out of bed every morning. That and to hang out with people like like Pallavi and Stacy and see how many people we can cram into a, what was it, a Toyota RAV4? <laughs> <laughs> Um, So real quick, the book is called Accelerating Nonprofit Impact with Salesforce by Melissa Hildes. It is available on Amazon for pre-order right now, um, coming later this month for delivery. So go get yours now. And then when you see her at a future event, you can get her autograph. Now, we'll circle back to cramming people in a car. And I feel like I need to know, our listeners need to know more of the story. (laughs) <laughs> Melissa, I think you should tell this story because all, all this, the fun this started was with an you. Story. It was great. Well, and it's such a great example of um, of community events, right? So yeah. Pallavi and several of us were in Phoenix for Cactus Force. And um, Marisa did a great job putting together Cactus Force. And we all wanted to see places in Phoenix. And... I knew I was going to forget her name because I already had it in my brain that drove for us, Paul V. Casey. Casey Fletcher, right? Casey yeah. said, hey, I've got a here locally. Everybody come on, just um, dig in and we'll jump in and go together. So there were six Seven of us. ladies and Daniel Peter. <laughs> and we crammed into that car. We looked like sardines and... Um, Pallavi, you'll have to check it. Pallavi was sitting next to me, and it was January in Phoenix, and I just looked next to her, and I said, Pallavi, you have such a hot little body. Well, that just, the car lost it. Um, if you see hashtag HLB force, that's Daniel's um, way of teasing us about the hot little body that um, Pallavi is. And we had a great time. We went to Frank Lloyd Wright's gardens and home there and saw they had sculptures from, um, oh, and I see I've lost his name too, the glass artist. Oh, I can't remember. But I know it was I a garden. Oh, could you try again? 
we got an extra guest tonight. <laughs> I should have asked Siri. Yeah. It, it was really cool. Yeah. The the sculptures are amazing, but you know, this goes back to the community and and just just the way people are. Because it all started with I think Melissa and Marissa, right? <laughs> we're going to go to this thing. And we're like, wait, where are you going? And then I just randomly started running around. I'm like, anyone else want to go this quick? We're buying tickets now. And then Casey's like, oh, we can drive. I can drive everyone. And it just turned into like what would have been like Melissa going off exploring Phoenix on her own to a certain degree and us just inviting ourselves to it. But it was the more, the more, the merrier. Everyone was meeting each other for the first time to a certain degree and just we were all like BFFs by the end of the night. We went to, we all went to dinner after. It was just, it was, that kind of sums up the Ohana and these it communities. Does. And that's what yeah. I think so much is like, missing from the virtual, right? That doesn't yeah. happen in the virtual world. And, um, and I, I still have, I have the video on one of these days, I'm gonna have to put the music behind it. But probably you can't see on the podcast, but she's not very tall. Right. She's um, <laughs> vertically challenged. And um, if you've met Daniel, you know that he is vertically challenged in the opposite way. Right. Which is why he had to like bend double to get in the car. But Pallavi couldn't see over into one of the exhibits. And so Daniel just lifted her up so she could see over into the exhibit. And I thought about the, <laughs> that song, you know, you lift me up, you yeah, know, so it was. I thought I need to put that music because that is exactly what the Ohana is like, right? I I yeah. I needed that equity boost, right? Or or Pallavi did in this case, and and Daniel provided that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I yeah, it, we're not together. It was it was a lot of. I will just say, like, I'm I still feel new to the ecosystem. And, you know, um, even Dreamforce, which I know a lot of a lot of folks did not get a chance to go last year, but those who did, it was it was my second Dreamforce where I was there in a candor capacity. And I still felt like I, I was a nobody in the sense like I usually when I had gone to Dreamforce before, I would be nervous. I'm a very outgoing, extroverted person, but most of my Dreamforces prior to this one was me always like having anxiety of like, who am I going to hang out with? What am I going to do? I don't know how to get around. It is so overwhelming. And this Dreamforce was like a little different because even though I met people, it was, maybe it was because we hadn't seen each other or maybe that's just how the community is and I'm finally being exposed to it. Maybe it was a combination of both, but it was very magical at no point throughout Dreamforce this time, did I have anxiety of, oh my gosh, I want to go to this session, but I don't know who to go with, or where am I going to sit, or I don't know how to navigate through the path of Dreamforce. I don't even know what parties are happening because Dreamforce always has crazy parties. And just just the vibe and the energy that I felt this time finally made me feel like I belonged here. Because up until then, I think I've questioned back to what we were saying, like tech or no tech. I don't, I don't config, I don't code. So I always sometimes wonder like, where do I belong as an entrepreneur in the ecosystem? I don't think I question that anymore. And the more I go to the community events, the more I get that sense of belonging. So it's been amazing. As you wouldn't believe how many 
photo ops I missed out on because I thought that I wasn't a member of a certain group, right? So I didn't understand that there's not, you know, not like some secret handshake they give you and, you know, no, no bequeathing, uh, you know, the rights and privileges of being, oh, I don't know, with uh, ladies be architects, right? It's like, I wanted a, a, somebody to say, you're a member of ladies be architects. It's not the way it works. If you identify with them, you are a part of them. And so once I came to realize that, it was fantastic. But I know exactly what you're talking about, Paula, because I'll never forget. It was at Florida Dreamin' that I finally felt like that I belonged at the cool kids' table, right? And that was Stacy and Yancey and Lauren Bollapunel and that whole crew that I finally got to spend enough time with to get to know and realize that they actually, I was a part of that group, you know? that they had always welcomed me. I just never let myself belong. Yeah, I, I'm learning that. That you, What you just said is so true. I am learning that, that like, it's, there is no secret invitation. I also thought the same thing. I think it's just more of let go of your apprehension to a certain degree and just go say hi to someone. And you, and it's okay. And people are welcoming where I can talk to strangers at an airport or anywhere. Like the, you know, when you ask the autograph question, just a quick tangent, I've run into celebrities, not even knowing there were celebrities and things like that. Right. So like, so that's why I don't ask for autographs because I don't even know I'm supposed to, but like, but with the Salesforce, Ohana, I always felt like, I remember when I met Melissa, Melissa, at um, Philly Force, it was, you know, one of my first community events in that capacity, a day capacity. And I was intimidated. I was like, who is this cool kid? And I was scared. And then like, you know, fast forward a few years and we have chance to actually catch up. And I'm like, what was I scared of? Why was I intimidated? Because you've been nothing but welcoming and approachable and things like that. But I think we create those in our own head. Whereas I can go talk to anybody anywhere and I don't feel that way. For some reason, I felt that way in the Ohana. And I think that is something we should one day sit down and talk about. Because if I felt that way, Mm -hmm. I know there's others who feel that way. And that goes back to like, how do we help elevate others and bring them into the community and let them know that like, you don't have to feel this way. There is no secret handshake. Like, just come on over. Yeah, it's the the downside of how close our community is, is that it's great when you're there and you belong and you're part of the group and you're, you know, you feel like part of the family, but when you're just getting started attending events or, or being part of it, even online, you see how close everyone is and you think that there's some rite of passage or something that you have to do to get to that point. And there really isn't. And so I think what you all did at Cactus Force, the run around and invite everybody, that's exactly how we prevent this. Um, you know, I had a, some many similar stories, but when I do my session on overcoming imposter syndrome, I'd share that at Witness Success, I was in the car on the way there and feeling that like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to fit in. Yeah, I'm going to know people, but they're closer to each other than like, I'm not 
close enough, right? Because they all seem so connected. And here I'm on the planning committee. I was speaking, I think twice that year. I'd been an MVP, was a user group, like, I mean, all the stuff, right? On paper, it looked like, you know, all the things, but then in my mind, it wasn't. And then I walked through the door of the hotel lobby and there's a whole crowd and they're just like, hey, welcome. And of course, then I kind of felt silly about ever doubting, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the downside of how close we are is that it can feel to others who haven't felt it yet that it has to be earned. And it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. So That's... this is your invitation yes. right here. Yes. And I, I yes. tell my mentees, I'm like, get a Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, my latest one, if you haven't followed Monique C. Smith yet out of Orlando, brand new, mm-hmm. she's a special ed teacher. She's making the leap to Salesforce nice. and she's going to be phenomenal. And so I just, you know, went on Twitter and introduced her and said, y'all, welcome this new person, right? And I know she doesn't know yet how special that's going to be and how helpful. I'm like, go to an Orlando user group meeting, you know, go and meet some people because we will all take you in and accept you and help you succeed in the Salesforce ecosystem. And I think the secret password is hi, (laughs) hello. I think that's what I think we need t-shirts on this Stacey I like it (laughs) hello world (laughs) (laughs) but I have to tell you Bullaby I I empathize with you not knowing who celebrities are I was at a Braves baseball game with a points of light group and standing next to some man that I thought must be someone but I didn't know and somebody asked to have their picture made with him so I told my friend I said make my picture with him I don't know who he is but you know make my picture with him so my husband is like, it's John Smoltz. He's like the Hall of Fame pitcher. You know, he was, you know, he, I'm like, I didn't know he looked different. He didn't have on a baseball uniform or anything. <laughs> so I would be, I would be that way too. I wouldn't know who to ask for an autograph. So um, well, maybe Charlie Isaacs, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I won't share my ludicrous story, but you, if anyone wants to know, come find me and I'll tell you my ludicrous story. There you go. That's that'll be the <laughs> teaser, right? For coming yeah. to find Paula V. And you're going to be at Northeast Dreaming. Yeah, we're, we're Kinder's doing a whole road show. So we'll be at Northeast, London Calling, You're Dreaming, um, Midwest Dreaming, Witness Success, Dreaming in Color, and potentially Tahoe Dreaming. So Paula V. Agarval coming soon to a location near you. <laughs> Right, Andrew World Tour. Well, and you you are going to be at the World Tour DC. That's just next yes, week. Yes, and as as the admin DC admin group leader, we're hosting a happy hour right after with the other Trailblazer groups in the DC area at a nice speakeasy. So yeah, if you guys are around, Ooh, come check out one of I'm my favorite spots. I'm not going to be there, but I've got someone on my team that has never been to a Salesforce event who lives local and will be going. So I need to get y'all connected. Yes, Stacy, please. Cause I'm just going to be walking around. I'm not presenting that day or anything. So I'd love to meet people. And um, yeah, Mowgli's, Mowgli's sponsoring our event. So props to Mowgli and looking forward to it. I think this will be our first in-person major event in the DC area. So really excited. That's very cool. Uh, and and Melissa, of I just really quick want to say congratulations again on your book. That is a huge accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, 
and so, uh, you know, speaking of Mowgli, who has been a great supporter of a lot of the community events and the regional events, um, they're, they're a great company filled with fantastic people like our alumni, Eric Dreshfield. And so Melissa is speaking at my Louisville user group later this month. And we, we have a typical cadence of the second Thursday of every month is when we meet. April, however, we're bumping it out a little bit for, for a number of reasons. We wanted to accommodate our special guest and there's another big event happening later in April, my husband's 50th birthday. And, and so <laughs> Melissa is making plans to come from Alabama to go to both speak at our user group and then at, attend the birthday party that weekend. And so, um, so I say all this just to set up that Dresh has come to, he has driven several hours to come to multiple Louisville user group meetups and the Lexington group in Kentucky met as well. And he came for that as he's just a great supporter and Mowgli sponsors, you know, a lot of what he's doing. And when I announced you know, published the event, Melissa Hildy speaking on, uh, you know, consequence scanning. And he sends me a text and he said, the only week I have no travel between here and I, I don't know, like June, like, you know, like for months and months and months, the only week I have no travel planned and you have Melissa that week. A couple hours later, guess who registered for our user group meetup? <laughs> oh, and you know, I will say this. Eric is such an amazing ally. He is. And he has he has been phenomenal. He was another person I was scared of talking to because, you know, but because, you know, you, when you're new, you just think of these people and you see their names and you just think they're celebrities. And um, and I remember at New York World Tour, Eric and I sat down and had a beer together and we we're just talking. And he's like, what am I going to do to help you? Like in a way, like, how can I support you? How can I help you? And to take time out in the middle of a happy hour like that, like that's true allyship right there. Right. Like just a phenomenal person. I agree. He has, he will actually be on my panel for am I on mute um, at Northeast streaming and, and on Pallavi too. Um, but because I think that it's important to hear from those ally voices as well, right? I mean, that's why we have allies is so that um, they can speak up and speak out on behalf of underrepresented voices. And he does a great job of that. Um, Mowgli as a company, if you don't know the rest of the folks there, I would encourage you to get to know them. Um, Freddie is new with their company. He's going to be at Texas Dreaming, which Stacy, we need to make sure you meet him. Um, Absolutely. Their founder, Stephen, is has done some amazing work in Africa and um, from the nonprofit side of things, right? So not just text messaging, but from what their company has given back. So a good group there all together, all the way around. And it's all authentic, right? I mean, as with Charlie, as with so many of the, the folks that we've mentioned tonight, that it's not a show, it's not secretly for their own you know, glorification. It really is. Like they just truly authentically want to help connect people, help uplift people, help build others up. And it's, yeah, 
it, it is such a difference from anything else that's out there. I'll tell you a real quick story. Uh, I was at Connections in Atlanta in, I think, 2016. And this is back when I was, uh, you know, trying to put myself out there, but I was completely solo. I didn't, I knew like three people in the community and um, it was trying to get connected, right? Because I saw the power of going to these events. And and so anyway, so I'm there and there's uh, evenings. So you mentioned, Pally, all the, um, the evening events and parties and such. And so there's something happening at this little whatever restaurant bistro. And I go in and they say, oh, the, yeah, the Salesforce party is up here on the, the third floor. And I go up to the third floor and I walk out and I see an empty seat at one of the tables. And so I just walk over. It's one of the pub tables. And I walk over and I stand at the table and I just start chit-chatting with the people. And they are giving me the weirdest looks. And I'm second guessing myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I do? I, I thought this is what you do in the Salesforce community. You could just go and talk to anybody and it would be okay. And I, you know, find a, an exit to gracefully walk away. And I kind of just like wander back towards the wall and reassess where I am. And I realized that um, there were two sides of this floor and I was not in the Salesforce party. <laughs> so I had just walked up to some random stranger's table and started talking to them. Um, <laughs> And they weren't terrified at all, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they thought I was a weirdo. And I was, I guess, for yeah. just doing but, that. But obviously, Pallavi's not going to be a random stranger to anybody now after this episode. Right. Um, just don't bring snakes. Bring her oranges, not snakes. Right, and, right. Um, but I know that you want people to be able to reach out to you, Pallavi, and get in contact. Yeah. And what's, what's the best way to do that? How, are, how can we reach you? Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, Twitter, my handle is at Palu Ags, P-A-L-L-U-A-G-S, or Pallavi Agarwal on LinkedIn. That would be the best two ways. Awesome. And I would love to connect with each of you that are listening. And please just at least reach out and say hi at the minimum. It would be great to just hear from you. That's the secret password. Remember, hi. Hi. Exactly. Exactly. And then you can reach this podcast on Twitter at SF Campfire. And don't forget to get registered for Witness Success, which is W-I-T, Wit, Witness Success, um, as in women in tech. So witnesssuccess.com is the website, pretty easy to find. It's also pretty high up on the Google searches, I believe, right now, if you just say, you know, Witness Success or Women in Tech Salesforce. You know, um, the link will also be in the description of this episode. So no excuse at all on, and you already have three friends who will be there, the three of us. So no excuses. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pally. It was so good to chat with you again. You will always be my champagne friend. And uh, every time I have a glass of bubbly, I always think of you. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having me on this. And Love the chats we had today. And remember, when you're sipping that champagne, it's a celebration in every sip. So I think of you too, actually, nowadays, whenever I drink champagne. So love it. We'll have to keep the tradition going at our next in-person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lots more toasts in our future, for sure. Yes. And Melissa, the author, congratulations again on all of your recent successes. Thank you. And for joining tonight. 
And to all of our listeners, we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you for all you do. Stay tuned for more new episodes from us. Um, we're working on a website to be able to connect with you all in more ways. And then, of course, all the Twitter posts. I think we're also on LinkedIn now, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. just trying to be more, more where you are and send us your stories of who has a great story to share at the campfire or if you've got something that uh, that you want to a story that you want to share there's always an empty seat here at our virtual campfire so thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time <laughs>